0: Hello and welcome to Malavision, the podcast that gives you the vision and the voice to be heard.
1: Hello everybody, welcome to this week's podcast. I am your host Malachi and you are listening to Malavision and today I am talking with Tiana Smith from Blind in Business. So Tiana, can you start by telling me a little bit about you?
0: Yes, of course. So thank you for the warm introduction. That was amazing. Yes, yeah, so I am a training coordinator at Blind and Business. I work with 13 to 18 year old visually impaired and blind young people. And so I will help them into higher education to support with that process. Or I will just support them with if they decide to go into employment instead. I do this through a range of workshops, events and also one-to-one support as well.
1: So you mentioned 13. 13 is so young to start thinking about employment. So why? Why why do you do it 13?
0: Yes, that's a very good question. Well, I think it's good to start building employability skills from early on. So if they want to do work experience, for instance, it just helps them shape and have a better idea of what career they want to move forward into or a career that they thought they enjoys and they realize that it's actually not for them and with our work experience it really helped shape their view uh, but we also help with just building confidence so networking with other people who like them as well because a lot of young people who have visual impairment or are blind have never um, interacted with someone else who also has that same disability so it's just nice to meet other um, like-minded people as well, and also people who have been through similar experiences as them. So it's, re- it's really just for networking, more so for the 13-year-olds, but also sometimes they're not too sure where to move forward in their education as well. So we help with that. So they don't know whether they want to do maybe going to GCSEs or what GCSEs to do. So, yeah, we support with that.
1: So did you, when you were younger, did you always think this is what I want to do I want to join something like Bib. or did you sort of think actually I'm not going to do that and I'm going to have quite a different lifestyle or did you always know that you wanted to go into something like this?
0: I think majority of people at Bib, um or who work here can say that they fell into it um, we've had different careers before this but we just fell into it and it's just something we realised we were passionate about. I mean, fortunately for me, I've always loved working with young people and I have worked with young people with disabilities and um, just different learning difficulties also as well. So I think, but then I realised I didn't like the teaching aspects of it, um, like dealing with behaviour, that type of thing. But I really loved doing workshops and especially with young people that like to attend especially as well so it's really nice so when I found this opportunity I, I did fall into it but I realised how passionate I was about it hence why I'm still here
1: So are you blind yourself?
0: I'm not no Um, but I do work with a few colleagues who are um, but unfortunately they weren't able to do the podcast they did want to join but um, I'm happy on behalf of my team to do um, the podcast so, and yeah they are visually impaired so I've had um so yeah I, I interact with those with visual impairment and or who are blind every day and so I get to hear their experiences. Yeah and just see how tech savvy, especially the young people are, which it's, is it's so motivational and also incredible as well. Yeah. Because I find a lot of older people um who maybe from the older generation I'll say maybe 40 years and above, they are quite set in their ways a lot of time, and we say, you know, we need to focus on learning the technology if you want, because in modern companies, it's all about technology now, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, so a lot are still just only now learning, whereas young people, they've been using tech pretty much throughout their whole life, so they know what adjustments they need and what technology and software that they need, and yeah, it's incredible.
1: So, with Bib, what sort of work experience do you offer?
0: So, I mean, I've been at Bib since October, so I'm still learning everything. Um, but I currently am doing my first work experience. It's going to be virtual in May, May the 30th, Tuesday, May the 30th to the 2nd of June. So that is just after the half-term weekend. And it's so basically a four-day work experience from 10am to 4pm and really gives an insight into how the office tasks that have to be performed and just different um, areas in general like marketing, funding, because in, in most companies, there's always going to be, be different areas of, of things yeah. to do in that company. So we want to we want the young people to establish, okay... I like to do this area more actually. Oh no, I like to do this area more to help shape what kind of job they would want in the future because majority of young people don't know what they want to do in the future, which is completely understandable. So we hope this gives them more of an insight.
1: So, when when did you find out about Bib?
0: I was go through a process where I decided that I didn't want to be a teacher anymore and I was, because that was the route I was going into. And then I worked in universities, sixth form, primary school, I, I did it all and I realized it wasn't for me. So I thought but I loved working with young people, so what could I do? And I came across a lot of different charities that um, that worked with young people and I was just applying and applying and applying and thankfully I heard that from Bid. And um, had the interview and that same, well, that same week, I thankfully found that I got the job. And I think I started maybe two weeks afterwards.
1: And how did that make you feel?
0: Oh, yeah, it was amazing. It it made me feel like I finally had a purpose again because I I often find, um, I mean, not everyone feels like this, but I can definitely relate to those who, when they are unemployed or they don't have a current hobby that they're doing during that time, they feel lost, or they feel unmotivated. Um, they don't feel like they have. Um, they just need to search for their purpose, and it's and it's, it's so rewarding helping people, and it just it just motivates you every day to want to do more, to want to be better. Um, yeah, so it made me feel amazing, actually.
1: And have you found from obviously? hearing the, um, like, case studies or, like, hearing other people's stories that have used BIB, do you think you found that their confidence has sort of grown after using BIB?
0: Oh, 100%. Yeah, definitely. Because within our one-to-ones as well and just the events we do, it's about... uh, I would say there's a definite mentoring aspect. So, you know, positive reinforcement, really... um, using encouraging words and just encouraging them and letting them see that they can do anything because a lot of times they come to us with what can I do or um or like I can't do this no they often focus on I can't do this but we say no we focus on what you can do what skills do you have what can you do you don't focus on the can'ts because that's very we find that approach like demoralizing and it doesn't motivate exactly. them and whereas when we change our approach we shift it they're like oh wow there's so much i can do oh adjustments in this company is not difficult they they said it's easy to do and it's just like it opens a whole world view uh, our events open a world view and we often see that no we, we've always seen their confidence grow and we most of the time the clients we work with we work with throughout a long period of time and even if they have a job and then we, they've got to that goal they always end up coming back if they need to find another job for instance or if they want to attend an event or if they're looking to study again so we're always finding in different periods of um, people's lives they're always returning back to good so it's really lovely to see and also to see their confidence growth.
1: I think that's so important with that confidence boosting especially with the children of today you know there's so much know mental health isn't there
0: definitely yeah
1: do you think that there is a a growing issue surrounding the mental health aspect in the workplace
0: um but because there's such uh, i don't know if this is related but i've personally found because there's such a cost of living crisis um and a lot of people um, in different sectors feel like they are underpaid uh, well, prices are going up, yet they are either being paid the same or pays are going down. Um, I feel like there is a huge aspect of, of mental health because um, not being paid right, so they're not able to afford bills, for instance, and there's always the strike pattern that you see with the T S L teacher strikes. Um, so many different, um, I think mainly those two uh, services we often see strikes but i think there's a lot of strikes happening and a lot of unhappiness happening in in other sectors as well so yeah I, i definitely um do think so and especially after covid as well
1: yeah do you think covid i mean i don't you know obviously you are new to the role but do you know if covid affected bib how they worked
0: Yes, so um, and I think it it affected the majority of companies as well. We worked every day, came into the office nine to five daily. Hybrid or remote working was—I don't even think it was a thing. And if it was, it wasn't a very common occurrence. Um, But now that's—it just seems like that's the norm. So I know with Bib, everything used to be in person. Now we do so many virtual events that we find that's easier for. Our clients, our candidates, and we actually um, have a better outcome in terms of attendance because most of our events are virtual. So, yeah, it definitely has changed the way Bib has worked. So, I think companies in general as well.
1: Do you think it's had a negative effect on the company at all?
0: No, I think I think a positive one actually, is because I find that people are seeking. Help and we're able to now help people across the UK. Um, whereas maybe b- beforehand I am not too certain in this, but I would have seen that they weren't weren't able to come to um, events or they were restricted to the events that we offered in those areas. Now that they now that they can access all of these events because they're not in person, they're now virtual. So uh, most events are virtual. So um, yeah, they have. More op- opportunities, that find visually impaired and blind people across the UK have more opportunities now to access these different events, workshops, um, and gain more information as well.
1: So, for anybody listening um, who wants to look into blind in business, what other work experience um, opportunities are coming up?
0: So we have a summer work experience so that's within the summer holidays we've not confirmed dates yet but uh, that's going to be in person in our London office um, I, we, we're still in the process of um, finalising these details but that's our upcoming one. Uh, everyone will be emailed will be put on our Instagram and on all our social media so if anyone is interested and listening um, they're welcome to follow us on social media. I think if you just type it blind in business will come up so yeah it will
1: be easy to find amazing and do you think that that it's quite hard making work experience um and adapting it for the blind because obviously being visually impaired it's a really really um tricky thing because our world is a sighted world and it's not designed for the blind so do you think adapting even though you are based around blind people, do you think there's still that extra challenge?
0: Um, I think because we are experts in what we do and we've been doing it for so long, we've learned how to adapt. And as I said before, young people are so tech savvy. Perhaps if it was for older people or um, for our employment service, who work with 18 and above. So most people who are maybe 40 and above are not tech-savvy or are not as tech-savvy. Um, there are, of course, some who, who are very great with technology, but there are a lot who are in the process of learning that. And I think it's doing virtual experience in that regard would be very, very difficult because, um, you know, internet issues or unable to access Zoom links, etc. Yeah. very challenging. But because the young people, they know what software they need and they have it built in their computer, so... Uh, previous workshops I've done with um, many young people before, there hasn't been any issues, so they're able to um, access any links that they need to access um, or do any work prior to the workshop, so yeah, I think work experience will definitely run smoothly, smoothly because of that reason, but I completely understand your point, and I think if they was not tech savvy, it would be a massive challenge, yeah. Uh,
1: earlier. Yeah we obviously spoke about um, mental health and how it affects the uh, company to you um, and like in the workplace. Do you think it affects um, young people when they are looking for work experience if they don't go down the right road? Because obviously some work experience won't be accessible. Do you think that will affect people's mental health?
0: Yes, of course, because they think it's a problem to do with them and they think that all companies, because I, I'm not going to lie, unfortunately, there are some very ignorant um, employers within the company and that's the designing business to step in as well if, if needed and have a meeting with that employer because, uh, you know, um, people, those with a disability, we, uh, there are rules and laws um, to protect them. So if... If an employee is not abiding that, then we we do step in on some occasions to help. But overall, um, yeah, I I do think so. That's why we offer so much work experience because they're like, okay, you can't find any in the meantime. You can do some at our office. And a cool thing that we do because we have so many great relationships with different employees. There's so many disability confident employees nowadays who hire, who purposefully and Look for employers with a disability to create more diversity and more opportunities. Um, so, we work with a lot of those employers, Channel 4, ITV. Um, I can't think of um, much more from the top of my head, but we work with, we do work with a lot of employers. So, we provide work experience through them as well. So, we'll just email them and say, We have this candidate looking for work experience at this state, from this state to this state. Do you have any capacity for this? And a lot of times they do have capacity. So we've now um, provided another opportunity and shown our candidates that, um, you know, it, it may be a struggle. It may have been a struggle to find Work It's group, but a lot of the companies are very accommodating.
1: Do you think that blind people, as a blind person myself, I can say that I do not do this, but do you think it's a struggle for blind people to speak up and stick up for themselves, self-advocate?
0: 100%, I definitely do. Um, because from my experience interacting with um, with visually impaired and blind people is that sometimes, especially if their parents are very... Um, a dominant force in their life. So they, they will do everything for them instead of um, giving a 50-50 balance where so they advocate for themselves because it's completely understandable. Parents just want the best for their child and don't want anything to be a barrier for them. So you find that sometimes, uh, or, or just in different circumstances as well, that they can be very quiet. Um, they don't want to be a burden. Um, they, they don't know how to up to themselves how to ask um and it it can be very challenging for them which is completely understandable but in in, there's a few cases that i've seen parents really from early that they wanted their child to be to feel just as feel just exactly the same as their um siblings who did not did not have a disability so they would push them to be more we find those um, kids typically have better self-advocacy skills just because they've had to build those skills up from an early age. But it, it just really depends. So you have a workshop in order to help with this. Um, self-advocacy is called cool. the steps you can take to start self-advocating for yourself and the small steps you can start to make as well and how to speak up for yourself. The the great thing with young people though that, that I work with, 13 to 19, is that because they know what technology they need, they're able to say, okay, um, to the teacher, I need this. Uh, I'm not able to to do the work without this, or can you send it to me electronically? We find that self-advocacy skills are getting better, but there are a few we, we have to work with a little bit more to show them how to self-advocate or steps to take to begin this process, and so we, we help them through that.
1: Yeah. I I think it, it's really interesting um to talk about um you know self advocacy and different you know employers and how you know you're in touch with these employers. I think um I called up um a charity shop um I want to do some work experience um not for DUV or anything just because I felt like I want to you know have some work experience because i feel like there's always you know there's always that chance to get that experience yeah. and and they said um well you're blind that's not going to be possible and i went no 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 it is that that's discrimination and they said no no no, no. and i went well and i and i i looked at my rights and i said well the equality act you know states that you know you're discriminating i said right exactly. I said, I'm going to call head office and they're going to, you know, and she said, head office will say the same thing. I'm sorry. And I called head office and I said, they said that you will say the same thing. I just want to know if you are. That's absolutely fine. Obviously, that would be your policy. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't be happy with that policy. But, you know, can you just enlighten me? And they went, No, that's completely wrong. We we don't agree with that. They are discriminating and they sorted it out. But it's like there there's this massive gap in society where they almost, where I almost feel like disabled people are like like aren't like are physically incapable to do things and i think that's that's such a stereotype that needs to be broken and i think that's something that bib is really doing trying to do and really succeeding with
0: thank you for sharing your experience um i I find a lot experience this uh, almost similar if not the same experience as you have i think it's incredible how you can self-advocate for yourself like that, you know, it, I mean, it, it's, it's such, I think you'd be such a good role model as well for our young people um, that we work with to show them, like, uh, how speaking up for yourself um, a lot of the time, every, every time is, is the best way forward. And HR didn't even say, didn't they, they completely lied. and You would never have known that had you of not self-advocated for yourself. So that's it's so impressive
1: thank you i think I think you know people like me, I need to speak up because then it might encourage other blind people not to give up and know that you know know their rights and I think if somebody does say something to you or if you know mm, this could you know like before I called, I knew that you know there are situations with employment and disabled people, so I made sure I knew all my rights. I made sure I knew which Equality Act it came under and I made sure everything. And it, it does state that um, volunteers don't actually have that many rights. But if you look into it, you do fall under other rights. So don't just give up. As soon as you see that, you know, that volunteers don't fall under the same act, that doesn't necessarily mean that you don't fall under other you know laws and you know regulations?
0: I Doing that research is so so important especially when deciding to go into that employment journey because you're going to face um sometimes um or you may it's, it's just good to have that understanding and knowledge to be on the safe side in order to better advocate um with, discrimin- with um, discrimination such as employers like that so I, I think that's incredible that you, you've built that knowledge. But can I just ask, though, because I find this really interesting, have you always been someone who, or encouraged to out- advocate for, for themselves for a, on an early age? Or is this something that you have recently embarked on?
1: Well, funny you say that. You know, when I was younger... you know, I didn't self-advocate, I was terrible, but I think society, there is such a big gap in society that I feel like people like me need to self-advocate because otherwise our our world is going lally and without people like me, you know blind people aren't gonna have a voice you know i i always go by this saying it only takes one and i really do believe that it will take one person to change the world's outlook do you do you think that um blind in business has changed any employers like views have you ever had an employer that's been like oh no and blind in business have gone hold on we can actually step in and help you here
0: was yes. so we had a young person and they well uh, and i and i think this is terrible and i hope they don't know i'm speaking about them and don't listen to this podcast but the school was saying that they were unable to the, the young person was unable to do the course that they wanted to do um because they just don't feel like they work hard enough and also um how their visual impairment affects things that they don't think they'll be able to get the support that they need yeah. and I just I just found that really upsetting because it's like not only you're saying that without even doing any research there's DSA um, disability student allowance there, there's so many avenues that um, the course. students can go through in order to have that support and and there's so many charities like ourselves that can um, and but whereas their parents were saying we think the school is not um being supportive and not given that support, which I absolutely agree with, but I found that the young person within all of this didn't have a voice because they they didn't have a voice to say what they wanted to do because it was just shut down with "No, you're not going to be capable of doing this or no, you should do what your brothers and sisters did so it, it 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 must have been very difficult and and I think it is very difficult for that student, and we're trying to say do what you want to do and what you love to do. And we're trying to build, um, is there any hobbies, skills, subjects that you're currently doing? Um, What what kind of technology do you you use? I think it would be good to build up on this technology and just um, give in as much resources as we can to help you build up those um, technology skills. But it, it is upsetting, though, to see a school that's meant to be especially in institutions that you're in majority of the time, um, have such an ignorant view. So, um, yeah, there's so many upsetting cases up there. But we find that, I find since working with that student, it's helped change his view. Like, oh, no, I actually can do this career. Just because my brother's did that, I don't have to do that. And just because the teachers are saying I'm not going to be capable of doing this, doesn't mean
1: I'm not going to be. So, yeah, I find we've made his outlook more positive, which is good. Well, a head of a V... Uh, thank you for sharing. Um, but a head of a VI department at a school that when I used to go, they they told me that I never succeed in life, um, that I was um, brain damaged, um and I wouldn't get anywhere in life and the only thing I'd be good at is um being a volunteer in church they also told me that I'd stay on grade one braille I'd never be grade two and I never amount to anything and I think that is so so cruel and it wasn't like they said that to my parents they actually said that to my face and they said I would never get a GCSE And I thought, and that made me feel so, so small, which is why I'm doing this, to tell blind people that, you know, that's not the case. You can do it and you will do it.
0: That is disgraceful. And I'm really sorry you had to go through that as well. But I find that story, it's like those stories create a a better victory story. Um, And you've lived through that experience. So I just want to ask, what tips would you give to... um, the visually impaired and blind community um, who've experienced anything said to them that is ignorant, um, discriminant, discriminatory, what what advice would you give to them to, to help overcome that or just to see a different perspective?
1: Well, I think one thing that I'd say is you know, like I said last, um, a couple minutes ago, you know, know your rights, um, I'd also mm-hmm. say, um, that, uh, don't listen to negative comments, negativity, it, it, don't think of it like this, it's them that are putting you down, only then you need to get to that point where you're surra- only surround yourself with the positive people in your life. You don't need that. You don't need them, and they are bringing you down. And you are going to get nowhere, nowhere if you carry on listening to that negativity. You are only going to get somewhere if you start listening to the positivity, because negativity is only going to bring you down and going to make you feel more worthless of yourself. So I think know that you're enough and believe in yourself because anything is possible if you put your heart, soul and mind to it. And nothing is impossible if if you really believe in something and you really surround yourself with the right people. I believe that anything is possible, and I think that's something that I found really interesting. That Bib tried to do as well. I think it's really amazing that you're trying to do that because I feel like we need more people like you doing this. Because otherwise, the world is not gonna the world isn't gonna change, is it?
0: Exactly, exactly, and that's why in our work experience, we are focusing the project on what uh, come up with an idea that can help benefit the lives of a visually impaired or blind person or the best of the community to really get them thinking because you know maybe one one of these days one of the students we are working with could be an innovator could um could be could, could change the world in some way so it's, it's just good to get them thinking of these ideas as well from from a young age and how they're going to vocalize that too so yeah i i com- i completely agree with you there
1: yeah i think um somebody i used to know studied um law and um in the same school that they told me that i wasn't going to succeed in life and after hearing that i i knew i knew i wanted to be a lawyer i was like oh my days like you're you're blind but you can you can do that because obviously you know that that's she wanted to be a lawyer and obviously that that that's quite a Tricky, um, thing to do, especially when you're blind. So, I um, I was like, "This is what I'm going to do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go into this." And this same person, um, the person who told me that I wouldn't succeed in life, the head of the department, told me, "Um, well, you'll you'll never be a lawyer. That that's just out the question." And I thought, "Why, why, why won't I be?" And I and I think it it really, really knocked my mental health, but I think now, I don't want to even be a lawyer, Um, not because they took me away from that, but because I now want to do motivational talking, mental health speaking, to inspire other people that, you know, they need to know that there is like the end of the tunnel, and they need to know that don't listen to what the negative people are saying because there is hope you can do it and you will succeed if you put your mind to it if you have the right mindset you will go places
0: 110 percent, i completely agree but for those who don't have the right mindset right now listening to this i'm sure they'll be definitely motivated as well especially by your experiences but what tips would you give them to just help um, if they're suffering with their mental health. What are the first steps you would say to take in order to overcome that that massive well, is that hurdle? And and for a lot of people, it can be a really massive hurdle too. So, what first steps would you you say that would be best to take?
1: Well, um, I'd first um entrust somebody to talk to. Um, I think we say quite often to children, "Tell a trusted adult if you're feeling sad," but you can you can you know still as an adult you can talk to your friends about you know what's bringing you down there are also several mental health services um such as samaritans or mind there are great resources on um center for mental uk and papyrus dash org, um one of the pages on the center for mental health website um it's i think it's something like um resources or services if you go onto that page they offer a wide range of support where you will be able to find the support that you need to become a better person um, and to become a better version of yourself but i think also counseling i think There is no shame in going to get help, um, whether it's through the NHS, whether it is through private counselling. I think you know there. You know if you need to, I think there's no stigma in that. I think. Don't get me wrong, there is a massive um, stigma, but I feel like we need to take that stigma away because if you don't Mm -hmm. get help, it's just going to get worse. And I don't know if you can agree, but I think, you know, for somebody that's experienced mental health and was diagnosed with suicide thoughts at only seven years old, I think I've really grown up to now know that you need to promote positivity and you need to be that advocate to help other people
0: Exactly, I completely completely agree with you especially um, with unfortunately mental health being so stigmatised I think it needs to be spoken in the same way as your physical health we all need to eat healthy, go to the gym it's the same thing exactly the same thing with the mind It's, it's not more important with the mind because that that is everything your actions that you do stem from the way you think and how you execute your actions as well so I think the the mind is so important and I think majority of I think everyone should have a counselor at least at least at minimum once in their life because it is it's, it's so so important having someone that you can trust to talk to if you if you don't have like if, if you're unable or you don't feel comfortable talking to family or friends having that support is, is so so important and, and a great first step to take as well so yeah I completely agree with you.
1: Have Has your mental health ever been affected um not necessarily with um to do with bib but when you were younger was did you ever have mental health?
0: Yeah i we've all gone through well i i for myself has have definitely gone through periods of time feeling very depressed but i i never but luckily for me i've had a very supportive family so i've always spoken uh, my mum's so so supportive so and she can always sense when i'm feeling down so um she will often come to me and, and that's the thing um not everyone has that type of support so to take that step for yourself is, is massive to, to ask for that help, but it is it, so, so crucial. And if I ever felt like a burden, sometimes I would reach out to, so Help is a really good organisation. Um, they have amazing therapists, counsellors that are tailored towards um, your, your requirements, your needs, um, or what you're looking for. So it could be male, female, like whatever, whatever you decide, whatever issues you're going through it can be tailored towards those those needs that you have. So, um, yeah, I, I find that person, that first step, talking about it. Because when you talk through your problems, you find solutions through that. You find the solutions to focus on and how to move forward. So, especially when you feel lost in life as well, and you're not too sure um, what direction to go into because you've received so many Knows or just negative feedback that you start to internalise it. And I've often found that the people that said the most negative things, I would they're, they're very hurt people because people who are happy in life or who are trying to do good in life, they aren't going to put me down uh, and purposefully especially as well. Um, so I found that I, I personally wouldn't want to be I wouldn't want to have the same life or wouldn't want to be that person who I'm taking that negative feedback from. So I had to really reshape my mindset as well, moving forward, with not listening to negative comments. Um, because I've had teachers myself say, they're never going to amount to anything. Rip up my work, literally, which is something that will really, uh, that can be a traumatising experience for any young person, just to have to deal, have to go through those types of um Hardships at school, because that's your formative years. So, yeah, um, overcoming that by speaking has really um, has been a great first step. And journaling as well, or just anything that um, will release that tension.
1: I'm, I'm really sorry you had to go through that with the teacher. I think that that's something that's really quite degrading, really, isn't it?
0: definitely yes those stories just create a better a, a, an even more motivational narrative when you succeed because we're all going to succeed so when you when you go through those hardships it it, it makes the rise even more I, w- I don't want to say even more valuable but e- even more impactful and yeah. you feel so proud of yourself as well yeah because um... what you're doing now is incredible and you've been through uh, uh, um, hardships and and where you are today is so is so motivational you spoke
1: earlier about the platform bet help do you think that's helped you have you ever used it
0: yes i did use it at one point um because i think you shouldn't do anything alone and you should always um seek that help if you're not able to come to a solution yourself or you just don't feel heard or understood, it's good to use um, any service that you can because with Better Health, it's, it's um, a really affordable service. So if you're a student, you can get a discount or, or any type of, um, you can pay an in installment. So it's very, very flexible. It's, I think it's like half the price of the average um, mental health facilities out there. Um, So that that was a very, uh, I think it's it's an
1: incredible platform. And I think it's people like me and you who need to talk about these services because otherwise they're they're not out there, are they? They're not out there. They, They need to be but they don't get the recognition they need to, which is making people suffer in silence and they, you know, that enough's enough and you know, we shouldn't be suffering silent, should we? Exactly.
0: And that's the sad thing about when people say, I've never heard of good before, I've never heard of this service. And and, and we try our best to get um, the awareness out, but because we're a small team, and just, I think, just other services in general, it's difficult to, it can be difficult. Think Thank, thank um, goodness for social media nowadays, but still I think there can be that barrier of, create an awareness because uh, a lot of people, like you said, have never heard of the majority of these services. No. How do you think is the best way to create this awareness? Because we're doing this, which is an incredible way. Um, Do you think if people just spoke out more, that would be the solution? I think so.
1: Yeah, I do. What what do you think? Yeah, I completely agree. I think if people
0: were more vocal um, and were more... I don't want to say proactive, but it, it doesn't even have to be, um, it could be something small. It could just be uh, sharing a post. It could just be maybe doing a video or your own podcast. Like, you know, so the fact that you're doing this, especially reaching out to our charity um, and creating further awareness is is so amazing. And I just wish more people did that, really.
1: Well, you know, I you know, I came across your charity and was like, you know, obviously charities, you know, no matter whether you are a big ish charity or you have, you know, you know, you're out there a bit. I'd never heard of you. So I was like, who else haven't you know, who else hasn't heard of you? So I was like, I'm gonna reach out, you know, and see whether they want to come on and thank goodness you did because I feel like this has been a real insight into you know you know we've covered about mental health we've covered about loads of things and i think we need more people like you to talk about things like that because people like you are then you know making other people think actually it's okay to talk i feel now open enough to talk
0: exactly and and no and letting them know it's their right to talk and They don't have to feel bad about asking for things. Um, they have they have that legal right, and the employer has that legal right to to um, listen and also to make the adjustments if they if they have if they are capable of making. Because most companies do have the capacity to do that. They are just either ignorant about that or they. Um, you know that they, they they just need better a, a better understanding. But I'm I'm glad that I think slowly that I've noticed in a change, especially when we speak to employers. We do something called Lunch and Learn, so we interact with employees, letting them know how they can make the workplace more accessible for those with a disability, in particular a visual impairment or who is blind. I just also wanted to mention, we also have a workshop, Expectations Exceeded, where we bring our alumni on, talking about their education and employment journey, so they will be um, offering advice and also talking to our younger listeners, so there'll be um, role models um, for this workshop. But we do this workshop every three months, so we always have different um, speakers who we have worked with and helped into that employment or education journey. So, um, yeah, if anyone listening is interested, that will be on the 18th of May, so this Thursday, 4 to 5 p.m. virtually. So that is on our, also, that is on all of our social media.
1: And if anybody wanted to get involved in that, what's your website that they can visit?
0: So they can um, visit www.blindedbusiness.org.uk. We have um, a variety of different emails. So my email is Tiana, which is T for tango, Y for yahoo, A for alpha, N for November, A for alpha, that at blindinbusiness.org.uk. org. uk, or they can call us up um, if on our website, or just if you type in "blind in business" on any um, search engine, we come up. So, yeah, we're we
1: always we're always easy to reach. And we're always just a phone call or email always. Amazing! Thank you so much for joining me today. It was a delight to talk to you.
0: Lovely to talk to you as well, and thank you so much for giving your insights
1: oh no, 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 it's fine, it's fine, I think, I think we need people like me to talk about things like this, don't we, thank you guys so much for watching, and I will speak to you very, very soon, see you next week, bye-bye.